Welcome to He's Gone, But the Money's Not, the podcast that's all about empowering women and families to take control of their finances. I'm Nicole Roberts, a financial advisor with over a decade of experience. In this podcast, we explore the intersection of two important aspects of our lives, death and money. Each episode, we either talk through financial principles or have conversations with widows who bravely share their stories and wisdom. Why? Because statistically, most women will find themselves in a position where they become the sole financial decision maker in their family. It's time to build financial literacy and confidence. So whether you're a widow, someone preparing for the future, or simply curious about the intersection of finances and life's uncertainties, you're in the right place. Let's dive into today's episode of He's Gone, But the Money's Not. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm very excited to have our guest, Chris Bentley, today. And Chris, take it away. Tell us about yourself. Well, thanks, Nicole. It's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. And um, I, you know, like you, a financial advisor working with a, with a, a book of clients. And, you know, every year, one of those clients might lose a spouse and you do the best you can. You're empathetic and sympathetic. And handhold, maybe more than normal, but pretty much as business as usual. That wasn't for me until 2017 when a colleague of mine passed away unexpectedly. We were the same age. We were friends working at uh, Ameriprise Financial at the time, and that one really hit close to home. As it turned out, I inherited his family, uh, his, his you know, uh, uh, widow, his, his Uh, Leanne and worked with Leanne all year to settle her estate. But I took a much more proactive, perhaps role with her because of the situation and uh, also inherited the the adult children. And so working with the family, but particularly Leanne, uh, again, this was a sudden loss. It was on Super Bowl Sunday. He was on his way home with with uh, was actually just arrived home. The groceries were still in the car when Leanne found him. He died of a heart attack at the front door. So quite unexpected. And uh, we worked through the year. And towards the end of the year, Leanne was reflecting with me that uh, other ladies in her grief share group were struggling, uh, just like she was. But some of them had been um, widowed much earlier than Leanne. And she asked if I wouldn't meet with them to see if I could help. So, of course, I agreed, and a few weeks later, we met over brunch, and I heard their stories, and we shared laughter, and we shared some tears, and, you know, it was evident they all needed advice, even even those, uh, a couple of them there that needed, that had uh, financial advisors. And so, you know, they all needed help still. And so um, I thought, well, gee, I'll, I'll go find them some help. There must be some organizations out there that provide pro bono services or or extra help. And, uh, and so I marched off and for the next few weeks, I scoured everywhere. And long story short, there were no resources for these women. And the more I thought about it, the more I reflected, I realized that I could do nothing or perhaps this was an opportunity to do something um, given the skills I had as an advisor and the heart I had for these women. And my mom was a widow. So, you know, I kind of had been down that path. And so um, that was the birth of Wings for Widows in, 
in 2018 in January, um, that's when we got launched. That was the idea in, in 2018 was to meet with widowed women, widows, hence the name Wings for Widows. Today we do work with men and women. But in the early days, it was to work with folks just like Leanne and her share, you know, grief share buddies. And so we, we would go um, basically um, get referrals as we were really, you know, doing proof of concept, if this would even work. And, um, and, and we were doing it in tandem. So Leanne would go with me and she would sort of be the emotional uh, component. And I was the fiscal financial expert. And so together we would meet with folks in their homes one-on-one and run through uh, basically how could I help. And we were starting to form a, you know, a practice of, of the questions we would ask and, and what that would look like and, and then getting their stories and where they needed help and then providing the resources and keeping in touch with them to make sure that they were progressing. And really that in its most fundamental primitive form, that's what we still do today, almost seven years later. So um, uh, only now we do it virtually. We can thank, we can thank COVID for that, I suppose. Um, we were meeting, uh, 2019 was our first full year. We were meeting with uh, primarily widows in the Twin Cities uh, and, and, uh, and, and gaining ground, gaining traction. And just as we thought uh, we, were, we were really going to hit our stride in 2020, of course, uh, in March, COVID became uh, a problem. And so very quickly, we pivoted into a virtual world. And uh, that prompted me to write a book that would serve as a roadmap both for our coaches and for our clients who um, now had to meet, you know, via Zoom. Whoever who heard of Zoom before 2020? So there was a pretty much a vertical learning curve on how to how to work with folks, um, not actually sitting across the desk from them. And so uh, 2020 was an interesting year, but again, we did hit our stride. 21, same thing. And we've, we've never gone back to meeting in person. We still meet virtually. And we use us, uh, I no longer coach much, but we use about 105 certified financial planner volunteers today in 34 states. And we've worked with widowed men and women um, through, um, you know, through this point of time uh, in 48 states. I think we're missing Alaska and Montana. Otherwise, we <laughs> worked with them, and so we're pretty pretty proud of where we started and and where we are today. That's great. It seems like a great organization. So tell me, let's rewind a little bit. When you were talking to those women, uh, part of that grief group, what was the kind of help they needed that they weren't getting, especially the people who already had a financial advisor? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think financial advisors are really good at sort of the, the, the obvious stuff, you know, allocations and their investments and those things, um, you know, the things that we deal with every day. All of the women, including those with advisors, were dealing with questions that financial advisors generally don't deal with. And that's what made it really interesting. And then when you realize that 70% of those who, who are widowed do not have a financial advisor you realize the magnitude of the problem. It's something like 800,000 widowed people 
right, a year uh, or more. And so that's a lot of people that don't have a financial advisor that need assistance. Specifically, um, they, they, uh, whether it was, um, uh, often there were legal questions. And of course, unless you're licensed, um, we couldn't answer all those, but we knew enough to direct them to, you know, to the right resources. Part of it was around probate. Like what, what, what are my assets and what are my spouses? Like very confusing concept. Um, the whole idea of his and hers and, and, and ours and mine and how that plays out after a loss of a spouse. And so, so there were some issues, um, common issues around that and how to, how to, you know, how to take care of a creditor on a car, whose responsibility was it? What do you, what's an estate checking account? What is that? Um, nobody ever told me about that, especially my advisor. So, you know, these are just, uh, so that's just one area around um, uh, really asset ownership. Um, asset transfer kind of goes along with that. Okay, I realized, right, we had a joint deed. I live in a state where it passes to me, but now what do I do? What do I do with the deed? And what what are some good ideas in case something happens to me? Should I bring my children on the deed? Could be a good idea. Could be a really bad idea, depending on your children. Um, and so those kinds of those kinds of uh, questions ensue. Um, I think the the other big area is around um, uh, credit, rebuilding credit, and cash flow. Uh, particularly uh, cash flow and particularly with those who don't have advisors uh, because you know that's their number one concern um, we just had a 40 or a 60 or a hundred percent loss of income right how would that change you know how is that going to change my life I mean it, it's significant and there is um, uh, there are uh, many options for, clients that you and I deal with every day. There are many fewer options for many of the clients we deal with where there was no 401k, there was no insurance policy, the income has stopped, help, what do I do? So so the, that's a uh, really a different conversation and getting them the resources and the help that, that those folks need. Um, so, so cash flow is very important. It is the number one question of our clients. And it's really, um, am I going to be okay? You know, that uh, brings a great story to mind. I was working with a couple of us. We're working with a, a client, uh, Cheryl, uh, up in the Twin Cities. And uh, Cheryl lost her husband, John, during COVID. And she was mortified. It was sudden loss. And absolutely mortified. Now, this, this couple had significant means. Significant to the point where there's actually, you know, they actually had their own private foundation. So significant means, and yet her, her position, her attitude, her demeanor, her mindset was that she was absolutely devastatingly broke. And it took a while to convince her that she wasn't. But here's the thing that we learned about, about net worth and cash flow. When you've lost someone, and you're in the state of crises, really your behavior is, is a result of fear and uncertainty. And, and when your spouse passes, often 
the 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 surviving spouse associates their their level of, of let's just call it net worth with the spouse who's died. So so you know as goes the spouse, so goes the net worth, and that's literally how she thought about her situation was that yes, I I'm going to have to sell jewelry, I'm going to have to sell my car, um, and this is a person that had a family office. Um, so, uh, you know, significant means and attorneys and so forth. But when when John passed, she thought everything went with John. And and once we once we explained that she was going to be OK. And again, the cash flow was there for her. She's going to be fine. She's not going to have to sell jewelry and right. automobiles. She was fine. So um, just an example how not only not only is the loss obviously bad enough, but then to be put in charge in an area where most have little or no experience. And that's documented by some research that Merrill Lynch and New Age uh, had, had done a couple of years ago. And that research says that 86% of widowed people today were not making financial decisions on their own before the loss. 86%. That means nearly everyone is making financial decisions on their own with really, um, you know, and it's all brand new. It's all terrifying. It's, it's often paralyzing and they're afraid to make mistakes. They're afraid to, to, uh, to move forward because they really don't know in which direction to move. Um, and so um, and I was thinking about um, back to the, uh, about, you know, I was thinking about insurance uh, it brought to mind uh, another story. You know, so many do not have insurance. I think you know that you've mm-hmm. heard the figures, right? We all know the figures on that. 70% of U.S. adults are either underinsured or not insured. And the number one um, solution to, um, you know, a dying spouse is to make sure there was plenty of insurance. It really solves so many ills. Um but also knowing what you're responsible for. I was kind of talking about cash flow and the, how fear takes over. And, and so what happens is, right, the mistakes are made. Costly mistakes are made because they don't know what to do. They've never been there before. They've never had to make these decisions. And so their gut tells them, particularly if they are someone who likes their bills paid on time. Um, well, I had a situation with a client that uh, her husband was a consultant and supposedly he had uh, uh, closed his consulting practice during his palliative care. Plenty of time to close things down. The outlook wasn't good. um, So he still was able to work and take care of business and close things down. And he assured his wife, our client, that he had done that only to find out months later that there was a a P.O. box in the name of the consultancy. When she went to the P.O. box, the P.O. box was empty with a note that said, come pick up the mail, which was in a box. And it was overflowing. And this box was full of uh, late statements, collection notices, and all kinds of horrible things. Oh, no. So she, she was in this panic. Well, besides being angry at her deceased spouse, she was in this panic to, to try to solve this problem on her own. She received a very small uh, from uh, a very small uh, uh, term life insurance 
uh, payout. She had, before we met with her, she had, she had uh, filed the claim, had received the proceeds. About the same time, she came face to face with this box of, of horrible news. And so what she set about doing was paying them all off. And so she basically used uh, just about all of her insurance money to pay off all of her husband's business bills, which she was not uh, legally liable for. Uh, and so uh, she had no money left to take care of the things that were really important. Uh, we got to her too late. And it's just a, an example of how the fear takes over. Um, there's this paralysis of moving forward. And then when they do without professional help, often uh, it's costly and detrimental to their longer term health, you know, and wellness, um, as it was in this case. It's just so sad to see when it, when it could have been prevented. So that's what we do is try to work with folks early um, so that they don't make these kinds of decisions and they don't become vulnerable uh, or they don't become victims uh, because of their vulnerability. That's the other piece I'll just mention is, you know, there's, when you don't know what to do and you don't know what direction, you are so vulnerable when someone comes along with a good idea, which could include a non-professional who's well-intended you know, there's, there's bad actors out there too, but even well-intended folks often just dispense the wrong information. And it's, and it's just so unnecessary. Um, but that's life. And that's what we see a lot of. And so we really um, are happy when we can work with someone before they've made, you know, they've moved too far down the road and made those kinds of mistakes. Yeah. And I think I've witnessed that a lot too of, people being preyed upon a little bit because of their vulnerability and then, you know, making those costly mistakes right after a spouse dies, which is part of the reason I started this podcast is to provide some education and information out there. So it's great. So this um, nonprofit you have wings for widows provides coaching on finances. Um, how, and do you also provide coaching on a lot of the legal issues you're talking about? So, yeah, great question. We actually um, cover 16 topic areas, which do, do include legal pieces. You know, we just can't write the will or review the trust with them and offer that kind of advice. Uh, professionals are required. But we can certainly tell them what they're facing. Um, one of the very first things we talk about and warn them about is being careful not to sell, sell assets or to spend checks that are written in their name or to uh, making sure that they understand that accounts are gonna be frozen and depending on what the assets are, that those will be frozen and probate may be required and only an attorney can help you through that. You know, we can't, but we can tell them what they're gonna be facing. And again, help them, right, avoid those costly mistakes of, of selling a vehicle, uh, paying off that creditor without addressing all the other creditors that might be waiting for their fair share and then using the proceeds, right, to do, to, to do something else. Um, that's not how it works. It's not legal. Or using their debit card or, or credit card after death, right, illegal to do so. Um, they just don't know. Uh, and if you're strapped for cash, which many are during this transitional period before a payout of insurance or before a 401k is transferred or an IRA is transferred, if those are available, um, they act hastily and, uh, and, and make those mistakes. So one of the first things we do is point them to an, uh, 
estate planning attorney, if they don't have one, we help them find one. And we will even attend the first few meetings with them to make sure they get off on the right foot. It's so important. Um, it's something we advocate. We don't compete with professionals. We don't, you know, compete with financial advisors. We're complimentary because we do many of those things that most financial advisors don't do, like sitting down with the client and pulling their credit, all three credit reports and reviewing those and explaining how they work and what they need to do, which accounts need to be closed, the creditors that need to be called, the things to say, even providing scripts on what to say to creditors if it's going to be heading towards probate. So really giving them a script, a roadmap on how to handle these situations. And it's all been customized. So um, we do cover, like I say, 16 topics from A to Z. We use progress checklists to make sure that coaches um, aren't leaving any stone unturned, un- right? So uh, they're not having to recreate the, the wheel. The roadmap is there. And really, it's kind of the bouncing ball for coaches to follow, get through a chapter handle the questions, move on to the next topic and so forth. So, And it flows, interestingly enough, um, it's slightly different than how we work with, how I always work with clients in my practice. Um, we address different things first, as I just said. We make sure they have a professional network. We make sure they understand uh, what it, uh, what to do with assets and how not to get into trouble. We look at cash flow right away. Um, and we have some conversations about those things not to do. These aren't normal conversations that advisors have right away. It's It may happen, but right away it's about well let's look at your assets let's see how you're going to it, they often will answer that cash flow question but it's really about gee let's look at your investments how do we reallocate um do we need to take some risk off the table um and, and so forth and so uh, clients clients need to hear or i should say widowed clients need to hear you know a few other things before um they worry too much about about uh, remodeling their portfolio, you know. <laughs> so, and you know, I don't know if you're familiar, Nicole, with widow brain, widow fog. You may mm-hmm. have heard that expression, and really, it's such a true thing. We see it. It's that deer in the headlights. It's the fatigue. It's um, it's forgetfulness. It's it's just this lack of comprehension, and not because they can't understand it. It's because their brain has simply said. You can only handle small bite sizes right now. You want to grieve. You've got things to do. We're only going to let you do a little bit at a time. Let some of that fog lift. And it's really just a mechanism um, that that helps them shut down uh, so they're not overloaded. So advisors, we tend to have hour-long meetings and over tell them all the things they need to do. You know, it's a 20-minute meeting. It's a it's more frequent meetings. It's a lots of follow-up. It's really just kind of a different mindset because of this widow brain. And so the last thing they want to hear is how you're going to reconfigure the portfolio and what the beta is of the portfolio. You know, that's just not important to them. They want to know they're going to be okay and that you're going to, you know, advisors are going to be alongside them for for this transitional period and probably well beyond. Yeah. So I recently started volunteering as a coach with your program and I have been surprised at how much I have learned. You know, I thought, oh, I work with widows. I kind of know a lot of this stuff, but there's just so many resources that you have available through your program that are so great. And, 
and you know, as financial advisors, we usually advise on assets, right? And, and that's what our training is in. That's what our research is in. And then, but there's so much more to the picture, especially with widows. Thanks, Nicole. I, I, I wanted to share, um, I think one of the, you know, as a coach, you, you know, and we've had coaches say that I've worked with some of the most difficult cases of my 40 year career in one case. And yet it was the most rewarding um, because you're lifting someone from ground zero really to a point where there's some restored confidence. You know, I understand I'm at the helm and now I have a better understanding of my current situation. I know what I need to do. I now have some control and I have a roadmap that, you know, into the future and some of that uncertainty is gone. It's so empowering. Right to be able to bring someone to that point, and uh, it's it is difficult for our coaches even to kind of say goodbye because uh, you know and, and move on to the next client because we built those relationships and lifted them to this point. Really, a, a wonderful point in in their recovery, you know, from loss. Um, so thank you. Yeah. So who is the type of people that you work with with Wings for Widows? Besides uh, going beyond just widows and widowers, is it people who have money, people who don't? Yeah, it's really, we see everything. Um, at one point we limited just, just as we were growing, we, we didn't have enough coaches. We limited it to um, two years or less um, since the loss. We know we can offer the most good in that six to nine month time frame, even a little bit before that, if they're ready. Um uh, but we know we can also offer help even well beyond two years, and, and we do, um, even five, six years down the road. We have found widow clients still wrestling with things that never got resolved in the first six or nine months, and it comes back to haunt them. We're working with one right now with all kinds of legal issues because we didn't get to work with her early, and we could have avoided those issues, but we... But she didn't know about us. We didn't know about her. We, so she came to us very late, and now we're trying to untangle all of those issues. But very young, very old, um, some uh, uh, immediate loss, uh, long, prolonged losses where they have time to do some planning and preparation, perhaps. Um, um, so really the gamut. Um, and, of course, the <coughs> – excuse me. I would say about 40% of who we work with, uh, are, you know, are earning under 40000 a year at the time of loss. And so, you know, really tough going, probably not a lot of, a lot of savings, um, maybe living paycheck to paycheck, um, you know, healthcare insurance, but that might have dried up. There might be COBRA, but of course that's going to end at some point. Um, that's, you know, that's if they're home with minor children, really gets rough, um, particularly if there, if there has been that loss of income. And so, um, you know, it, when they learn that they're just, they're just, there isn't that cash flow, then, then the conversation turns to the, the worst case scenario, which is you're going to have to sell your home or move out of your home. You can't afford the, the rent or, or the lease and you can't afford the mortgage. And we're going to have to, unless you, you have something else, coming in that we don't know about, you're going to have to make some very, very tough decisions for yourself and your family. And boy, those are really tough conversations that 
as financial advisors, we don't have with our clients too often. And we have it fairly routine um, with uh, with that about 40% of our clients. Can they actually afford to stay in their home? We did have a, a case. Um, her name's uh, Maria, John, and Jake. And it's a, it's a great story. Um, uh, Maria and John, they, they married about 25 years. They were living on a modest equestrian property. And uh, uh, they had uh, three adult children. One of their sons, Jake, was disabled. And so Maria took care of him full-time at home. She was Jake's full-time caregiver. Uh, and uh, Jake, um, severely disabled, but uh, found uh, much therapy in the couple of the horses they had. There was huge uh, therapy in that regard. And, uh, and, and, when, and unfortunately, John died um, while doing chores on the property and of, of, of cardiac arrest. And uh, so uh, he was the sole breadwinner, a modest insurance policy. And here, suddenly there was no income. All the value was in the property. And the property served to serve Jake in such a wonderful, loving way. So for her, uh, she worked with one of our, our coaches and they realized that if they that she was going to be losing $50,000 a year trying to maintain the horses, the property, Jake's care. How was she going to go back to work? What? And, and literally the coach walked her through all of those steps, all of that decision-making process so that she could make that decision. And ultimately, as hard as it was, she did. She realized that was what she needed to do. They sold the property and in doing so, not only did she pay off the debt, she was able to get Jake additional help. Um, she was able to care for Jake, did not have to go back to work. And the additional proceeds, if managed, right, invested properly, would provide for Jake's care even after Maria was gone. So it's the magic, right, of, of working through that with a coach, with a professional to to, to take this situation, you know, unbearable situation, turn, right, convert those assets into the income that, in this case, Maria and Jake needed um, to, to move forward. And so, right, the service we provide and the service, right, advisors uh, provide is, is helping folks wrestle with these really, really tough decisions like Maria's. Yeah, that is tough. It's hard to be put in that situation. And your organization seems like you really provide a great service to those people who are in a tough spot. But um, just to clarify, so you, people can apply. Any, anybody can come and apply to your program, right? And you'll let them know if you can provide value. Yeah, absolutely, yes. If, if they're widowed, men and women, um, uh, regardless, I mean, as long as, they're, as long as they've been widowed, uh, sometimes... Um, we have folks who are, are living together. We're never actually married. So they're not actually widows. We understand the loss. And sometimes we can help um, point them in the right direction. But really, um, they would not qualify for, for our programs. Um, we have other resources for those folks. But um, you're right. Uh, they, they have to be widowed. But as long as they're widowed, all they do is go to our website and, there's, uh, and get started. There's plenty of ways to do that. But it's basically getting started. Um, talking with uh, one of our care managers, getting to know us and helping uh, understand your particular situation and then getting them started down that path. And again, all of our services are free. 
Great. We'll share your website in our show notes, um, but anybody can go to the Wings for Widows website to also find more information. And Chris, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing about your nonprofit and this, all the great information. You're just a wealth of information here. Uh, so uh, anything else you'd say just as we wrap up? No, anything I'm else just, you add? yeah, no, thanks so much for again for having me, me and, uh, um, Wings for Widows is always looking for great volunteers. If, if any of your listeners have a heart, uh, there's certified financial planners and have a heart for uh, what we do. We'd love to talk with them and, uh, and get to know them and vice versa. So again, thanks for having me on the show and I wish you the best as well. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of He's Gone, But the Money's Not. If you'd like to explore more about the podcast or discover additional resources related to financial planning, please visit our website at rockhousefinancial.com. And remember, your financial journey is unique, but you don't have to navigate it alone. Feel free to reach out to us for financial planning services tailored to your specific needs. Once again, thank you for being part of our community. We look forward to having you back for more inspiring stories and practical financial wisdom on He's Gone, But the Money's Not. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Rockhouse Financial is an SEC registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the opinions of Rockhouse Financial or any other sponsors of the podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any state or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.